Good evening. Welcome once again to another edition of the Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I'm Chris Gardner, owner of the Houston Round Bar Review. And joining me is James Mueller, sports editor of Daily Cougar and Willie Gibson of WHTG Sports. We're going to try to move pretty fast here because James has prior engagements. He'll be signing off in about 30 minutes. So first things first. Let's have some fun and let's make fun of Andrew Wiggins. <clears throat> well, no, it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not Andrew's fault. But we're saying it because the NBA announced the starters for the 2022 All-Star Game. And, Willie, I think you're going to be there, right? Yeah, I will be. Okay, great deal there. And we need to have you do a live stream and do something with you for this. Mm-hmm. From All-Star Game. But yes, the NBA announced the starters. Eastern Conference first, Giannis, DeMar DeRozan, KD, Joel Embiid, and Trey Young. Western starters, Seth Curry, LeBron, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, John Morant, and Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. What were your thoughts on when you saw that Willie Gibson? Fans will vote. Fans will vote. That was my initial thought. Yep. James, what were your thoughts? You saw it. Yeah, Warriors fans turned out. Uh. And that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Because let's see, here we go. A fans account for 50% of the vote, while all current players and media panel account for 25% each. So as both my colleagues say, fans will vote. Fans vote. Warriors fans turned out. Andrew Wiggins gets his first all-star appearance, and he's a starter, averaging 18 points. Was it 18, 4 and 2 or 18, 2 and 2, something like that? Yeah. And, and, and Chris, not only that, first all-star appearance, he's a starter, but it's in Cleveland who traded him for Kevin Love. That's great point there, too, sir. Yeah, very good. Uh, LeBron will be team captain for the West. KD will be team captain for the East. KD won't play in the game because he's injured right now with a knee injury. So Commissioner Silva will pick a replacement for him. But yeah, any other issues? Okay, let me ask it this way. Instead of Andrew Wiggins, who do you think should have made it the West starters? James? I mean, there's a few guys. It just depends like what they want with, uh, but I would have said maybe, uh, Chris Paul, um, if Luca had pl- had not had a bunch of injuries, I could see him being in there. Um, but those are the top two guys that came to my mind, um, just as a guard group. Okay. Uh, Will? Yeah, I'm thinking West front court. Um, man, I don't remember the last uh, voting rotation. I saw it come up. I'm trying to think it was fourth. I don't recall. Would you have a problem? I saw the guys on the athletic said, Rudy Gobert was snubbed. Ah, oh, yeah, I would have a problem with that. I would have a problem with that. Rudy Gobert? So, and, and let me toss this out, out there because, you know, as James touched on, it's, it's guards and front court. So it's not yeah. centers per se. So it's guards and front court. All the votes tallied. Players are ranked by each conference in each conference by position within the three voting groups, fans, player votes, and media votes. And then there's a score. That's calculated by averaging the weighted group, weighted rank from the fan votes, the player votes, and the media votes. And then two guards, 
and three front court players with the best score in each conference will be named all-star game starters. I mean, look at his teammate, um, Draymond, who I, I mean, as opposed to Andrew Wiggins, Draymond. But not Rudy Gobert? No. Not Rudy Gobert, no, sir. Why not? Numbers-wise, he's it's, he's better? Defensively, for sure. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm looking at an all-star game. If I'm looking at an all-star game, I, I would definitely want a player of Draymond's ilk over Rudy Gobert. I mean, Rudy Gobert, yeah, he's going to give you the defense, but Draymond's going to give you that all-around game for me, which is better than, than a Rudy Gobert who's seemingly one-dimensional and an all-star game. Okay, and I guess the counter to James' suggestion of Chris Paul, if Steph and Ja are the guards, then Andrew's a forward, so you got to have a third yeah, that's front true. court player. But in terms of all-star game, this is just pickup basketball. Right. So defensive guys really don't get a chance to shine in these at all. Rudy Gobert would be kind of out of place, you know, fish out of water. Jokic could at least make great passes to the teams, to his teammates running up and down the floor where he stands back, you know, <laughs> making outlet passes to, to the, to the squad. So it's a, it's a pickup thing now. I think 50% of the, for fan voting is, is too much, but I stopped caring about it a few years ago when it just really was glorified, glorified playground and pickup basketball when Willie and I were James's age. All-star games meant more <laughs> to the players. They played defense a little bit more than they do now. Um, I remember Roe Blackman making those clutch free throws with no time on the clock to send the game in overtime. That's an all-star game. You know, I, I was at the 86 all-star game in Houston. So, and I was 14 there. James, you're what, 21? About 20? to be 21. Yeah. <laughs> About to be. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> That's why we have you on here, sir, because of the younger perspective, the wow. younger generation on that. So yeah, but it's, it's, it's an event now and I'm okay with that. I'm not going to watch it, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's an event. It's an honor for the players to be selected and chosen and all that. And for some of them, it's money. It's some bonus money, all that kind of stuff, you know, that they can donate to their favorite charity or, or their, uh, baby mama or, or I really want to put that money to use, but you know, it's done. Go ahead, Will. Got something on your, on your brain? Well, yeah, yeah. To that point, when you said it's an event, I actually uh, was able to participate in a Zoom call today with uh, some luminaries with the Cavs and uh, Greater Cleveland Sports Commission, and it is an event. It's a community event. The league has really done a great deal of work to stamp this, not just All Star. Saturday, Sunday, not all star weekend. It's a, it's an event. It's a week. Community based programs, um, think tanks. They have, uh, MBE programs, uh, Taste of Cleveland. It's, I was, I was sitting on the call, like taking notes, but I'm like, man, this is, this is not, as you said, our all star game that we saw back in the day. It was, you know, all star Saturday night, slam dunk contest, three point shootout, then the game. And that was it. Now it's the events they have planned, uh, uh, the NBA in conjunction with the city of Cleveland, the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission and the Cavs. 
is mind blowing. It's phenomenal. And it's so now, you know, it's basically the NBA bills it as all star because mm-hmm. it's not just a game. It's not just Saturday. It's city community events. So it's about a week now. So, you know, yeah. the players get time off before, like a day or two off before the events and then a day or two after, you know, James is so young for us. When we were his age, it was like you just said, Will, it was basically, I think you played the last game before the quote unquote break was Thursday for yep. most teams, most players. You had all-star Saturday. So you make your, you know, photo deals on Friday, get there Friday, just leave whatever you are Thursday, get to the city of the event, all-star event Saturday, game Sunday, leave. Have your off day Monday if you're lucky, and games back Tuesday. <laughs> you know, so that's how it used to be. Not too long ago, that's how it used to be. Yep. But the player association uh, and the league realized, you know, wear and tear, but also let's make this an event and stretch it out. So that's what it is now. So, James, are you are you going to watch these games? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'll watch the dunk contest, three-point contest. I'll probably catch a little bit of the all-star game, um, but I, I won't be, like, 100% tuned in. I'll, I'll probably be on in the background while I'm doing some other stuff. Because, like you said, I mean, they play defense in for, like, three minutes out of the entire game. So, You know, and they announced, the league announced um, changes to the, the rising, what is it now, rising stars challenge mm-hmm. for... Mm-hmm. First year and second year players. It will involve also involve uh, four players from the G League Ignite team, so the youngsters to get them some pub and attention before they go to the NBA. So I think four teams, two semifinal games. Winners of the semifinals will advance to the final. So I may look at that a little bit because I think I, I'm assuming Kate Cunningham from Detroit will be in that game um, on the rookies and. Perhaps teammate Sadiq Bay will be there. But in terms of uh reserves, Will, is Darius yeah. Garland a lock? I would say so. I would say so. He and Jared Allen, both. I would say so. Hmm, Jared Allen, okay. We'll see about that. Uh, James, in your mind, reserves. Overall, who, who, who do you think is a lock? Either either. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, first off, I love Darius Garland. He was a lock in my book for the East. Um, West, I mean, I think you'll get Gobert in there. You'll get Luca. You'll get Chris Paul. You'll get probably Booker, um, other Eastern guys. Um, Fred Van Fleet probably gets in there. Um, trying to think other guys off the top of my head. So those are the first, the, all those names I just mentioned are the ones that came to mind. Um, but yeah, like Willie said, I I wouldn't uh, be surprised if Jared Allen got in there, but uh, I think Darius Garland's a lock for the Cavs for sure. How about Zach Levine? I could see that. How about Christian Wood? No. Say it with your chest, James. <laughs> no. <laughs> Will? No. No. Can, can I say something to your point about the break you said earlier? Yes. I saw this and you brought it back to my remembrance. The All-Star break, the Lakers between February 12th and February 25th play three games in two weeks. 
So for all the struggles that they have now, this veteran team, this older team, watch for them after the All-Star break because they play Golden State on the 12th. They play Utah on the 16th. And they don't play again until they play the Clippers on the 25th. Yeah. So they have a chance to get healthy, develop some chemistry, and do better. And and not trade for John Wall. I'm hearing Eric Gordon now. For for what? I don't know, a few second round picks? No, I'm, I know. I know. I, yeah, you know, um, John Wall fans, bless them. Bless them. They're, they're stands through and through. Russell fans are stands through and through. It ain't happening unless the Lakers blink and decide to give up a first round pick, which they're not going to do. It's not happening. The Rockets want the first round pick. They don't want Russ. Hell, they don't want John Wall. But unless that first round pick is involved, it's not going to happen unless something changes between now and February 10th. The Lakers just like, Oh yeah, Russ, you, you're, you're just trash. We're going to trade for a guy who's not, who hasn't played in a year who we haven't seen do anything except work out of Miami. I mean, come on, people. Come on. The power of clutch. Just saying. Indeed. That is it right there. Power clutch. Rich Paul doing his thing. Doing his, doing his job. But, yeah, it's not going to happen there. Okay. I, I read about this not too long ago. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. Let's see. Ah, yes. This is from Matt Marshall of the Orlando Sentinel. He covers the UCF Knights in Orlando, Florida. He reported this, that the American Athletic Conference hopes to wrap up exit talks with UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston by the spring. Thoughts on that, Willie Gibson? Yeah, expected. Expected. You know, once the announcement's made that we're leaving, we don't want to be here, why, why make them stay? Why would they want them to stay? Why would you want them to stay, knowing that they're already leaving? Agreed. And here's some quotes from our favorite commissioner, James. And I think Willie Gibson has learned to love Michael Resco too for his. Oh, Kevin. His, oh, I thought you said Kevin Warren. My bad. For for his <laughs> for his eternal optimism. <laughs> you know that's what it is. Here we go. Quote from Michael Resco: "The clock's ticking, but we've had ongoing discussions with the group, and they've been very amicable." Okay, that's PR talk. That's public. We have great relationships with uh, not only the uh, UCF AD, UH AD, Cincinnati AD. I'm hoping that by spring, we'll have something resolved, end quote. And resolved, of course, means this, the money. They got to agree on the money because for all these three schools to leave early because they are contractually obligated to be there through 24, it's got to be money involved to leave by 2023. And here's our favorite commissioner again. We would have to negotiate a settlement and we're happy to do that. Oh, shocking. We know that the teams that are leaving don't necessarily want to stick around. And if there's a way to negotiate something fair, we'll do it. End quote. That's, that's, that sounds good. He's good at PR spin because obviously U8, Cincinnati, and UCF want to be in the Big 12. They got to agree on the money. 
I think I'm going back to what UConn paid out, which was announced that, oh, what was it, 12 million per? Well, it was 17 million, but six of that million, six of the million, six million of it was they did not collect their conference revenue from the ESPN deal. And then the, the balance of it, they agreed to pay out over five years. So I think the three teams will do something like that. Okay, we're not going to, you can keep the ESPN money and they will agree on whatever the balance is to pay it over five years because we're going to get hopefully 20 million, 25 million from Big 12 per year soon. Agree on that? Yeah. And the kicker is Mike Oresco, he wants the three to leave as soon as possible. Because he wants the six members to join and replace them. And of course, the six members, you know, are so stellar. Let me pull them up here, guys. I remember the six members, UAB, Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas, Rice, and UTSA. Willie Gibson, who among those six knocks you over with a feather? Uh, all of them collectively don't know. So, um, let me see. I would probably, yeah, uh, none of them. Yeah, I I was trying. I tried, but no, none of them. James, any of those six knock you over with a feather? Nope. So, you know, I think UTSA is on the come up, but no. (laughs) Charlotte, same. I'm gonna come up. No. But the city. Yeah. But no. It's good good for Rice to be a part of be included. Because Carmen USA is is dead, is dying. Um the Sun Belt is has passed up Carmen USA. I think Big South is dying as well. But yes. Just to talks about that. That the negotiations are going on. Hopefully, something by the spring will be determined that UCF, Cincinnati, and UH have an agreement by the spring. And the numbers, I'm not sure if the numbers will be announced by springtime, but at least it's good to know that things are being discussed, even though it's too late for everybody to join for the 2022 2023 season. But at least, James, we're moving in the right direction. And is the, is the big old Big 12? The what is it? Window dressing still up there on the athletic building at U of H? I'd assume so. I haven't been over there um since I've gotten back to campus, but I mean I don't see why they're gonna take it down because I mean they put up a bunch of stuff to advertise they want Big Twelve to be the thing people see, so I'd assume so. And and that that window painting, dressing, whatever is why I, I feel kind of safe in saying the discussions are not quite amicable, but you have to put on a, you know, a, a happy face for the public. And because, you know, taking some of the track and field events, championships away from Houston and UCF because they're leaving really pissed off. We were Burrell for sure. U of A track coach. I know he wasn't happy about that, but UCF was upset too. Losing some of their championship that they're going to host. So it's not quite amicable, but 
it we it is what it is. But Willie Gibson, as James got about ten minutes before he has to leave us, I want to talk to both of y'all. The Big Ten is in discussions about going away from divisions and re- reducing to eight conference games instead of nine. What are your thoughts on that? Because our favorite commissioner, James, Mike Oresco, he wants, even with the six new members, which would put membership to 14 teams, he does not want divisions. So he's going to, I guess, petition to the NCAA the autonomy to not have to split into division because once a conference has 12 teams, you're supposed to, you're supposed to go into divisions. But Willie, from your perspective as a Big Ten person, thoughts on the Big Ten going away from divisions? Um, I don't know that it'll happen. Um, this, that article is a very Iowa centric article. The Iowa beat writer and he talked to the Iowa athletic director who doesn't speak for the other 13 athletic directors or administrators in the Big Ten, nor Commissioner Kevin Warren. Um, so I'll, I'll start with that. Um, yeah, I, I don't see that happening at all. I, I, I thought that was interesting that when I read the article, you sent it to me and I read it. I'm like, okay, my, my journalism rules came out. Don't we need more than one source? Um, number one, <laughs> number two, um, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't see that at, at any point happening. And he said, you know, well, they'll play three and then the other 10 schools, they rotate two right. years on to you. Stop. Stop. No. James, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that, James? Because then I want to give you the Commissioner Resco rationale for staying as is in this conference without divisions. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Will um, that just it's – it complicates things unnecessarily. The division format um, is nice. I get, you know, some arguments, you know, sometimes like in football, like the best two teams aren't playing necessarily in the championship game because they're in the same division. But I mean, I don't see them going away from it because it just creates more problems. Um, whereas the division system makes it scheduling and everything a lot easier um, and just one less thing to worry about. See, it's it's funny how you guys don't think like our favorite commissioner. Commissioner Resco, quote, I'm not sure we'll ever go back to divisions. Even when we get to 14 teams, we will look hard about continuing to go without divisions. And his rationale, remember, quote, remember, if you had divisions, and one of the division winners doesn't have a good record, and that team upsets the top team, you're going to be out of luck for the expanded, you know, hopefully, 12-team playoff. Because remember, you have to be a conference champion to be one of the top six, and realistically, that's what we're going to try to hang our hat on. End quote. 
Does that make sense from his perspective? I mean, as a commissioner, he has to. I mean, I get it. I understand why he says it. Um, his job is to shill and cheerlead for the AAC, and I get it. That's he's doing a very admirable job. Absolutely, but still doesn't change the fact that it doesn't make sense. You can't put the, the rules aren't set. Twelve teams, you have two divisions, and the NCAA isn't going to say, "Okay, well, for the AAC, you know what? Yeah, you go ahead and go. You go without." And the SEC and the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve and the, they, they they have divisions. No, it's not going to happen. James. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. I can see the rationale behind why Mike Oresco, you know, is pushing for just, you know, a unified conference with no divisions, but it still doesn't make sense. You got and I think one or I was one thing that like hurts the AAC in general without divisions is you got a team like like look at Houston's football team this year. There was no AAC game that, you know, fans were like, man, that's the one no, there was none to get excited about, really, because um, they avoided Cincinnati. Um, UCF obviously had injuries, but still they're typically, you know, in the upper tier in the AAC. They avoided both those two, um, and obviously they met Cincinnati in the American Championship game. But you can get a draw like that, and then it's going to hurt how people look at you, your record overall, um, and then it's harder for fans to get excited when you're playing, you know, the bottom tier of your conference. So y'all disagree with our favorite commissioner, Mike Oresco. Shocking! But that's what we do here on Folks Talking Sports. James, these last few minutes we got with you, my man. U of H men's basketball team plays at UCF men's basketball Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Central on ESPN2. Uh, Cougs undefeated in conference. UCF is, I think, struggling four and four in conference. What are your thoughts on U of H going to 7-0, and beating UCF on Saturday? I mean, I think it will happen. Um, the more and more I look at the rest of the American, I mean, the higher and higher my projections go with Houston's conference record just because the rest of the conference is a big mess. Um, and like we've talked about before, it's going to be hard for any other team in the conference to even get an NCAA tournament bid. But, yeah, like you said, UCF's been struggling. Um Houston, I mean, I couldn't believe what happened um, last week um, and just blowouts when, when they're, they're without two of their best guys. But, um, I mean, yeah, I don't see – I don't think it will be a problem. I see Houston winning 10 to 12 points probably. What, what about what Coach Sampson said that UCF uh, – gets up for the better teams. I mean, they did beat Michigan. Will, I'm not sure if Michigan is a better team this year. They've kind of been up and down, mostly down this season. Uh, UCF did beat Memphis. Again, they're not a good team or, you know, a better team. Is that Coach Sampson coach speak for the media? Um, U of H, it's a road game. So will UCF, I think UCF coming off a loss too. They lost to, uh, Wichita State last night, I think. So will UCF be motivated at home to be hyped to play a where are the Cougs now? Top ranked seventh and one four, ninth and the other, yeah. something like that. Will that fire them up 
and cause problems for the Cougars? I mean, there's always truth in, you know, there's a little more pep in your step when you're playing, you know, a top tier team. But I mean, Coach Sampson said the same thing about East Carolina, and that was over within eight minutes of <laughs> game time. Um, so, I mean, yeah, UCF probably has a little extra motivation with the opponent um, and a chance to make a statement, but that motivation enough, I don't think is going to make a difference. I think Houston handles business. And last thing for you, James, you touched on a little bit. What is your prediction for the Cougs conference record for the rest of just conference record as the season ends? Is it 18 still that they're scheduled? Yeah, 18 games. Yes, sir. I got them at 15 and three. I originally had them around that 13, 14 win range, but just the American, I, I, they'll drop a game at some point, but I think 15 is very manageable. Okay, I was going to go 14 and four, but I'm not sure who the, what the four could be, you know? So, but who, who could you see your three being? Um, I mean, Houston, Memphis, I know that's like, one that people would expect, I guess, just looking at rosters, but those are always tight games, no matter what. Um, you look at the past few years, last year, Tremont's, uh, half court buzzer beater. So I think that could be one you potentially fall. You might drop one to Cincinnati. I could see SMU as a possibility. Um, just cause they got one of the best players in the conference. And then, I mean, well, that, well, Wichita that's State. Great. That's yeah. right there. So <laughs> yeah. I could see SMU, um, yeah, I'm not guaranteeing it, but I think, I, hell, because I don't believe U of H will go undefeated. I'm really leaning toward SMU being that one for sure. And then the other two, will, it'll just happen. All right, James, I know you gotta, you gotta shut it down for us. Last thing, how can folks find you on the social media? Yeah, y'all can find me on Twitter at JDM2186 and all my work, um, for, the Cougars at thedailycougar.com. Appreciate you having me on the show, and it was uh, good to catch up. Take care, man. We'll see you next week. See ya. See you, young bull. All right, my man, Mr. Gibson, and for folks tuning in, watching us on Twitter, Facebook, as well as on YouTube, Andy Yanez, the other member of our, our group, is on assignment with uh, the Community Impact newspaper, so he won't be able to join us this evening. So it's the two of us. We talked to some other folks. They weren't able to join us. I have one colleague. Hopefully she'll be able to join us on next week's show to really confuse some of my guys. We're going to talk more women's basketball on next week's show because she knows more about women's hoops than I do. Uh, and I'm not ashamed to say, to say that. But Mr. Gibson, yes, I sir. tweeted it. I tweeted it out. I'm, I'm going to see, just get your thoughts on this initially. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke with, interviewed. Nina King, the chair of the Division One Women's Basketball Committee on the 17th. And she mentioned that, um, toward the end of our conversation, that the committee was about to have their first top 16 reveal. And she wasn't sure at that time of the, the exact date. Well, that was today. The NCAA, the, the committee announced the top 16 teams. And if women's basketball is a little different, the top 16 will host the first two rounds on campus, on campus sites. Mm-hmm. Even if in this year, because this is the first year that Women's College Division One is going to expand to 68 teams, even the first four 
will be on uh, one of the top, probably South Carolina, the top seeded teams on their home court. So just going to break it down. Here are the top four in regions. I'll get the top 16 first. Number, number one overall, no surprise to anybody whatsoever. South Carolina and they're rolling right now. I don't know what the final score was this evening, but last I saw they were ahead of 24th ranked Ole Miss by almost 30. <laughs> so, you know, that's a, a ranked team, yeah. a top 25 team getting smashed by almost 30. So okay. Aaliyah Boston, Aaliyah Boston. She's, she's the real deal. And, and it's amazing how much better South Carolina's team is when the guards get her the ball. Imagine that. That's shocking. I mean, you got the best player in the, in the country, and yet y'all forget to get her the ball sometimes. Okay. So they're <laughs> number one overall. They're the number one seed in the Greensboro region. Number two, Stanford. Number one seed in the Spokane region. NC State, number one seed in Bridgeport. Mm. Bridgeport, Connecticut. Keep that in mind. Connecticut. Tennessee is the fourth number one. They're number one seed in Wichita. And then we go five through 16, five Louisville, six Indiana, seven Texas. I think seven, that's because Texas beat Stanford, really, because that's kind of high, in my opinion. Anyway, eight Arizona, nine Michigan. Michigan thumped somebody this evening who was a, a ranked team. Who was that? Uh, well, no, what was Ohio State? Who was it? It was somebody who, who ranked team they beat this evening or was beating. Yeah. Iowa State 10, UConn 11. Oh. oh. That's a three C. That's, that's the that's third three C. Yep. Yep. 12 LSU, 13 Baylor, 14 Oregon, 15 Georgia, 16 Kansas State. And I'm kind of surprised Kansas State made the top 16, but kudos to them. The that's, young lady scored 61 the other night. That's, that might be why. Aoka Lee yeah. scored 61 against Oklahoma. Oklahoma was ranked 61 and she was efficient. But last night they lost to Texas by, I want to say double digits in Austin. Because the Longhorns guards are better than K-State's guards. So if your guards can get the ball to Aoka Lee, she's not going to be able to dominate. And that's what happened. She still had like a double-double, but it was pedestrian, you know, maybe 18 and 20 and 10, something like that. But it wasn't 30 and up. And that's why it helped Texas win the game. But yeah, so the reasonable breakdown, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Bridgeport, Connecticut, NC State 1, Indiana 2. LSU three, Baylor four, Greensboro, South Carolina one, Arizona two, Michigan three, Kansas State four, Spokane, Spokane will, Spokane, mm-hmm. Stanford one, Texas two, UConn going way out to Spokane, Washington is number three in Spokane, the West region, Georgia four, and Wichita, Tennessee one, Louisville two, Iowa State three, Oregon four. Now someone say, why in the world is UConn going way out to Spokane? Well, you got four teams from the SEC and four teams from the Big 12. And by rule in the top 16 seating, if you got four teams from a conference, you gotta, they cannot, two teams cannot be in the same, from the same conference in the same region in the top four. So they had to spread them out. That means one team, Per region. You gotta do that for the Big 12 and for the SEC. Where you do that? UConn had to go somewhere and they went out to Spokane 
then that things may change if Paige Beckers, once he gets healthy and comes back. You know, I'm not even sure UConn is the 11th best team right now, but whatever. It'll all come out in the wash come February, March. But yep, that's the first of three reveals. Will it won't be like college football having a show every <laughs> damn week, wasting our time <laughs> about all the kind of, let's, let's make it an hour and a half TV show, wasting everybody's time with weekly, weekly reveals, none of that kind of stuff. The next reveal will be, let me see. The next one will be February 10th, mm. uh, South Carolina, Kentucky, probably going to be a route there. And then the last one will be February 28th, Baylor, Iowa State. And both of those, well, the South Carolina, Kentucky game, February 10th is on ESPN. Baylor, Iowa State, February 28th will be on ESPN too. Both of those at 7 p.m. Eastern, Mr. Gibson. So for folks tuning in, just letting you know, I can talk women's college basketball too. Eastern Round Bar Review has been approved for the Women's Final Four in Minneapolis. And Houston Round Bar Review has been approved for the Men's Final Four in New Orleans. And Houston Round Bar Review has been approved for the Super Bowl. Ain't too many outlets can say that. So, which leads me to Miss Gibson. Give you a few moments to t- go full screen. Got to pay a bill. So I'll be Absolutely. right back. So here we go. Yes, this segment, let's do it right here. This segment is brought to you by the Saxinian family, Steve Saxinian, who has been a big supporter of the Houston Round Bar Review and folks talking sports. Want to just talk about off the top of my head, Will knows it. The great news for Houston Cougar fans, alums, fans, you know, Spend that money. $75. That's the deposit. That's how much it costs to lock in your seats for 2022 with a season ticket deposit for Houston Cougars football tickets. Deposit will be applied toward the final cost of the 2022 season tickets. Fans can email tickets. Fans can email tickets at uh.edu or call 713-GO-COUGS, 713-462. 6647 during regular business hours. Lock in your seats for the 2022 Houston football season and be part of all the excitement as the Cougs stand ready to compete for another conference championship before heading into the Big 12 conference. Score big with Houston football. Same great seats for every game. Earn priority points. Flexible payment plan options. Exclusive invitations to Houston football events, priority access to postseason tickets, priority access to single game tickets and pre-sales, special pre-sale ticket offers to special events held at UH Athletics facilities. And one more thing, I'm going to tie them all together. UH Women's Basketball is hosting the South Florida Bulls Sunday, January 30th, tip at 3 p.m. Don't miss out on the 75 years of Houston Athletics Coke bottle giveaway as the Cougs host South Florida. The Coke bottle with the 75th, 75-year logo included on the Coke bottle will be free to the first 50 fans. Mr. Gibson, I hope you heard me say that. Free to the first 50 fans. 5-0. 
Get ready to talk about that. This segment was brought to you by Steve Saxenian and the Saxenian family. Mr. Gibson. Yes, sir. The first 50 fans. 50, mm -hmm. five, zero. In real talk, they might have bottles left over. Wow. wow. Unless, unless South Florida uh, brings some of their friends and family. Wow. That's, that's where we are with women's basketball at U of H. Unfortunately, that's where we are with women's basketball, really, honestly. Women's college basketball in the city of Houston. Wow. It's not, it's not in great shakes in terms of attendance. Um, but yes, the Coke bottle giveaway free to the first 50 fans at this Sunday's U of H women's basketball game as they host South Florida. And I'm not sure if South Florida is still in the top 25 because they kind of stubbed their toes to UCF, maybe another team in conference. But, uh, notice I did not mention them in the top 16 reveal, nor UCF. So it gives you another indication of, um, the American Athletic Conference on women's side. But yes, free to the first 50. So just the number alone kind of indicates to me. They're not expecting a lot of people to show up, Will. Yeah, uh, uh, I hear that. And first thing I think of is what do they? How how do they market? I mean, uh, the high school young ladies in high school that play high school basketball. Why would you not have team night? Bring a team. Bring your team. I I mean, I was at the Cavs game last night. They played the Bucks and. I saw a young lady, a uh, uh, woman's, a uh, young woman's basketball team, high school basketball team. The entire team was at the, the Cavs game. I see it every game I go to, either a young man or young women. The bat, the entire high school basketball team is there, and they get recognized. The the Cavs recognize them, put them on the jumbotron, and you know why? I don't understand why Houston women's basketball wouldn't market to a, a high school. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's, they do. I don't know. They do, but I'm not sure it's will be for this Sunday's game, for the, this promotion. They okay. do have other events that they promote. You wouldn't know it by me because I hardly get them, get notified about them. Hell, this giveaway was retweeted, retweeted by the UH Women's Basketball account. Not tweeted. It was tweeted by the UH Athletics account first and foremost and then women's hoops retweeted it wow so i still haven't gotten an email about it so mentioning it on this platform some viewers on twitter facebook youtube might be the first time they know about it which is another reason we have this platform let's say this we've said it many times the local schools this platform you can reach people you got a budget that's bigger than our budget. We could, you could, we could work with you to help promote your events, but we are not your marketing arm. Okay. It's not my job. I don't have to mention that at all. Okay. But I wanted to tie it in because of the sponsor of folks talking sports is an alum. And I want to mention different U, U of H. 
UH athletic programs. So I happened to see that information and I wanted to mention it today. There's other, uh, there's a game. I haven't received anything about this. There is a, the H Association, letter winners, has a barbecue dinner sale. I'm not sure if it's cook-off, but barbecue <coughs> for the date of the U of H men's game against Memphis in February. So you can buy, you know, barbecue dinners, spend X amount of money, et cetera. Well, I haven't heard anything about it. I got an email about it today from, because I'm alone. Come on. It's February 12th, I think, is the date of that event. Mm-hmm. Well, that's roughly two weeks away. It is. Come on. So what, or what audience are you trying to reach? Must not be a small audience. Must not be, must be, you must not want certain folks money. I'll just put it like that. I want all of us to eat, Will. Me, you, James, Andy, Tamer, our guests. I have plans for this going forward. A.D. Moore on the football side. A.D. Moore is going to probably cover some uh, rugby of a Houston rugby team in town. Going to cover that as well. I, you know, it's, it's more than just the Rockets here in town. Mm-hmm. You know, this, yes, I know it's a pro town. I, I know that. I've lived there almost 50 years. I know that. But don't ignore the colleges. Don't just assume that the colleges, the alums of the local colleges are going to know about your events just by happenstance if you don't inform them of the events. The technology is here for you to reach your different audiences. So I'm going to say that. I say that to TSU, HBU, Prairie View. Prairie View and TSU have a double hitter, men's, women's games this Saturday on Prairie View's campus inside the Baby Dome. That's what it's called, the William H. Nix Building. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like pulling teeth to get info from Prairie View. You know, it's a small media department. I understand that. But I can't even get on the email list. I reached out to them the last three years. I gave up on it. I just go to the website and hope info is there. <laughs> hope, hope it's there. Hope it's accurate, Will. Oh, that's what I, I hope it's accurate. Yeah. You know. So, so, uh, so, no. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to get back to NBA All-Star. Andrew Wiggins got 3 million four hundred. 52,586 votes, third amongst the front court players. Bay Area stand up. Paul George had 2.8 million, AD at 2.7, Draymond at 2.4 million, Carmelo had 1.93 million. Yep. Cat, Carlton Towns had 1.6 million, Rudy Gobert had 767,000, and then 10th place, DeAndre Aiden had 612,000. LeBron was the leading vote getter with 9.1 million votes. In year 19. Yes. Was the top vote getter, period. KD led the East 
with 6.78 million votes. So LeBron. So more than 2 million votes to the good. Yep. He, he, he beat out Steph total. Steph a second with 7.65 million. So LeBron had 9.1 million. Yeah. So 1.5 to the good. Yep. All right, Mr. Gibson. Let's get more into this. John Wall Russ stuff. If, if you're the Rockets, you want the first round pick. No, 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 no. If you're Russ and his people, what do you think they did when they heard in the last few days that the trade had even been discussed about John Wall Going to the Lakers for Russ and Russ going to Houston. What do you think they did when they, when they heard the scuttlebutt? So they laughed and called Rob Pelika, like, bro, what? That's, that, they probably did that. And then he probably called Rafael Stone and said, okay, if you do this, we're doing a buyout and it's going to cost a whole lot of money, <laughs> a whole lot of money. Oh, you think they reached out to, to Houston? Yeah. I think they should because Russ ain't going to want to play for the Rockets. Yeah. You know, the, the Rockets just want the first round pick, period. They don't want Russ. They don't want, you know, I had some fans on my Let's Talk Houston Rockets stream show. Russ, come off the bench. The hell you say? <laughs> he won't come off the, he won't come off the bench for the Lakers. Thank you. Russ ain't going to play behind Scoot and Jalen Green. And be happy? Oh yeah, let me come off the bench, play 25 minutes on a team that has 14 wins. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. Please. Come on, folks. No. Being, being a no. fan is okay, but be objective. Think with your brain, not your heart sometimes. Russ going to be all right. Wherever he goes, he stays with the Lakers. He's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. He might figure it out. Mm, I don't know about that, but the Lakers are going to try to make it work because they put themselves in this position. You know, LeBron and AD were the ones pushing for this trade. They wanted Russ. They didn't care about trading their bench depth. They didn't care. They believe nope. they believed they were right and the rest of the basketball world was wrong. They believe that they could make it work, that Russ would be productive enough without the ball. With LeBron having the ball in his hands a lot, they thought they could make it work. And, and what bothers me the most about that is the same package could have brought back Betty Hill. Yes. At $19 million less. And they better didn't do spacing, it. better three point shooting. And Rob Palenka, oh, no, no, no. And shame on Rob Palenka for listening to LeBron and AD so much that he said, yeah, this is a good idea. Y'all right. Russ is going to, he's going to fit. Damn the numbers. Damn what I see. <laughs> damn what I know about basketball and spacing and the importance of three-point shooting and ball movement and, and all those things. Yes. We're going to make it work. Nope. Buddy Hill, don't pack your bags here because you ain't coming here. Come on down to Russ. Come on, Russ. Come back home. Come on home, Russ. And 
and they're at 500, underachieving, dealing with AD who's banged up. Yeah, I know he came back, but you can't count on him and his health. You can't count on that. You can't rely on it. He has 23 in the first half tonight against Embiid. He's a, he's a, he's a skilled man. Yeah. He, and he's playing the five spot, ain't he? Yes, he is. Which he needs to play 35 minutes a game. Yeah. He, he, that's where he shines the most. But he doesn't want to do it game in, game out. Because yeah. when him at the five, that's what got it done in the playoffs, in the championship run. Yeah, you know, that's Joel what people Embiid, were saying. Yeah, Joel Embiid is 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 a skilled big man, a huge big man. But AD's more mobile than Joel, right? Yeah, yep. And that's what the people were saying as far as LeBron playing center for that period. That was to send a message to AD, like, look, man, if I'm doing it, come on. I- yeah, I'm, I'm, you're 19, man. And yeah. I'm doing this. So. At 6'8. Yeah, you can do this. You need to be doing this. We're better with you at the five. Yep. Because AD at the five, LeBron and Stanley Johnson in the front court. Stanley got his flaws. I, I, I know it. He's, he's got limitations. I know all that. But. Stanley and LeBron and AD. Stanley, all Stanley got to do is play defense. That's it. <laughs> play defense, rebound, and run up and down the floor. Score in transition in, in that lineup. He can do that. Yep. Be physical. Defend guys that LeBron, you don't want LeBron defending. Take that load off LeBron. But if AD playing at four, you messing up everybody else. Everybody else. You know, and we're talking about the Lakers because the Rockets, I mean, if y'all want to talk about the Rockets and that 134-104 thumping they received from the Spurs Tuesday, um, the step back they took to me because they played well on the road, went three and two. They probably could have beat the Warriors. And Steph made a game-winning shot, could have gone four and one. The defense was better on the road. It wasn't better Tuesday night against the Spurs. 134, Will. 134. To the Spurs. Okay. Wow. It's not like the Spurs fly up and down the floor all the time. Okay. They're not a run and gun team. Right. The Spurs scored 82 points in the paint against the Rockets. Wow. 8-2. Against the Rockets. Wow. So to me, that's disappointing. And to me, you know, Coach Silas, he knows he has a post of his team. So some things he won't say publicly, and I'm okay with that. But to play so well on in those five road games, and then come back, I know we know you covered basketball a long time. The first home game after a long trip is the last road. Last road game. But they played, I think they played the Warriors Friday, Thursday, Friday, and didn't play the Spurs until Tuesday. Oh, no. So, thank you. So they were home 
Okay, it wasn't like it was a, the next day kind of thing. Yeah. So that's disappointing to me. That effort, that production, 82 points in the paint. Jakob Hurdle put up better numbers than Christian Wood. One more time. Rockets play the Warriors on Friday. Yep, Friday, off Saturday, off Sunday, off Monday, play Spurs on Tuesday. Oh, no. No. But, yep, yeah, Dr. Pirtle in the same amount of minutes, if not a little bit less, put up better numbers than Christian Wood. That can't happen. Christian Wood has to win that matchup. Has to, you know, that's not Joker. No shade on Pirtle. He ain't Joker. No. He ain't in B. <laughs> okay. So those are flags to me. They got the Blazers Friday. No Dame. Nasir Little is going to be out for, I think, the season now. But torn labor and something like that. Yep. So that's going to be an issue. going to be more Anthony Simons um, against the Rockets. So that's going to be a blow to the Blazers' chances. But the Rockets, it's a home game. Rockets got to get to a point where they win these home games. Right. Losing to the Spurs was a step back. They need to Blazers without Dame and now without a C Little. Rockets need to win Friday. They they need to win. Now, if they're going in, in tank mode, excuse me. <clears throat> if they're going into lottery acquisition mode, that's fine. Because I think they need to. And see the issue will, I don't know if Orlando's playing tonight or not. But uh Orlando excuse me, not Orlando. OKC. OKC mm. is like only a half game behind the Rockets in the loss column. Oh. Orlando's has the worst record. It, and, and it's probably like two and a half, three games now separation between Orlando and Detroit. And then Detroit has like about the same two and a half, three between them and the Rockets and OKC. Well, You finish with the worst record, top three teams. Worst record can pick no no worse than fourth. Yep. Second worst, no worse than fifth. Okay. Third is no worse than sixth. But so far, the draft folks say this year's draft, the 2022 draft, has four, maybe five Legit players. Mm. So if, if Rockets end up picking six, they might miss out on that other legit player. Rockets ain't good enough. They need more, they need more talent. So yes, I am encouraging them to go into full on tank mode. Okay. Don't play Eric Gordon. Trade him. Get a first round pick for him if you can. Trade him. Play Jalen Green. Play Kevin Porter Jr., Josh Christopher, <laughs> Armani Brooks, uh, Alperin Shangoon. Don't play a veteran. You know, no ties, trade ties to trade Augustine, trade all of them. Get some assets for them. Let the youngsters play. Take your lumps. So what? Take your lumps and get a top three pick. <laughs> you know, no worse than top five pick and keep it moving. Right. That's my suggestion. Add it. 
I'm not sure they're going to do that. So, you know, but I'm just a host of folks talking sports. Mr. Gibson, we're going to wrap it up because I want to get closer to 60 minute uh, time slots going forward. So mm-hmm. how can folks find you on social media and the World Wide Web? Appreciate it, sir. You can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, same handle, Will Gibson 7. Uh, Facebook, Will Knows. Uh, Will Knows Facebook page. And I am Chris Gardner, owner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Um, I guess the the main person for the Folks Talking Sports show, the engineer of the show. But uh, at some point in the future, I may get Mr. Yanez, Mr. Mueller, or Mr. Gibson to give them the keys to the kingdom, let them run the show um, in the future. Give them a first, give them a taste of that as I branch out and continue to expand the reach and the umbrella of the Houston Round Bar Review. But yes, find me on Twitter at VHR Review. I am also on Instagram, Houston Round Bar Review, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube. We're looking for sponsors for all three live stream shows, Folks Talking Sports, Let's Talk Houston Rockets, and the Ad Max Corner, which is football, football, a section of football and rugby going forward of the Houston Round Bar Review. So, yes, thank you very much. Uh, we're going to let everybody know you can follow us here on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports on Twitter. Put that up there for everyone. Folks Talk Sports on Twitter. Follow that account so you can get um, updates on when our next show will be. We announced, I'm a member of the Gavi Lewis Award Committee. We announced our top 30 boys high school players today for the award for 2022. Uh, that finally, hopefully, will be posted on the website, uh, GaviLewisAward.org, either tonight or tomorrow. But the press release has been sent. I uh, sent that out today, so look for that. Should be in the Chronicle and other TV stations locally as well. But that'll do it. And I'm going to hopefully put out the uh, watch list for the top girls high school player in the next few days of the Coach Anthony Fields Award. So, yes, high school, college, pro. Houston Round Bar View, Will, since 1994. Local name, global perspective. Take care. Peace.